Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk about the ups and downs of work in order to give you a little bit more clarity, confidence and control over your squiggly career. They're designed to be super practical and hopefully quite relatable as well, because we are often going through lots of the things that we talk to you about. And if you want some support beyond the episode, we've got loads of things available for you. We've got pod sheets, so they're downloadable summaries. We've got pod notes, so super quick swipey summaries. If you just want a quick recap and we've also got pod plus which is a 30 minute discussion so you can join some like-minded listeners and dive a bit deeper into the topics we talk about all of the details of those the links the timing everything it's all free by the way you can get in our show notes and if you ever can't find it we're just helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com so today we're going to be talking about five ways to re-energize yourself to help you re-energize your work so why are we talking about this topic Well, there are lots of different descriptions of how people are feeling at work at the moment. So whether that is languishing. So we've talked before about Adam Grant's article that was very popular and was shared. And I think that's because it was relatable. Lots of people felt like maybe they were languishing at work, maybe at some point during the past couple of years. There's definitely an increase of people talking about being bored at work at the moment. I don't necessarily personally relate to languishing or being bored, but I do relate to the third one, which is about work just feeling quite relentless over the past couple of years because there has been a lot of stress and being busy and pressure. And I think that has been continual and we probably coped with that for quite a long time now. And so loads of people have been talking about like sort of this need to feel like you've got to just almost rediscover and reset in some way to feel like you're getting energy back in all of your life so that you can bring that energy to the work that you do. And I had a real, you know, when you do have one of those moments, it does make you press pause. And it's not because of something you do, but because of something someone else does. And I was running a program and actually I was seeing a group of people in person. So this was only a couple of months ago. And we were doing a career ask me anything as sort of the final thing in this program. And someone just said to me a really kind of innocuous question. Oh, Sarah, like, what do you do outside of work that makes you happy? And like, what else do you do? I I honestly couldn't answer the question. I was like, I don't know. I mean, obviously. Collecting glass in the sea. That's what you said about this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, this this weekend I was at the seaside collecting sea glass. So I did do a bit of that. And obviously you sort of go, you know, you've got family to look after and care for and those kind of things but you know I think the reason it prompted me to just very consciously think about a bit of a reset and a bit of rediscovery 
was that previously I would have answered that question very differently. Almost I would have answered that question with a lot of energy and excitement for things that I do outside of work that also, you know, give me that energy for the rest of my week. And I didn't have that same connection. And I sort of actually feel like, you know, when you feel like you sort of fluff an answer a bit. And I was like, oh, you know, I've got a kid and... Oh, I like I like reading. You know, you, I really felt like I was clutching at straws. <laughs> and that didn't feel, you know, something just doesn't feel like you. I was like, oh, that just doesn't feel like me. And so it prompted me to go away and think, what are these five ways that I could re-energise myself? And a couple of months ago, I think my score on these five, if I was scoring myself zero to five, would have actually been zero. And that was a good reminder when I started to explore these. I was like, okay, so what could I do? What could I explore? I realised that none of these things were sort of in my weeks at the moment. And they're not that hard things to change, but I do think it takes conscious and intentional attention and effort. It's almost like these things don't just find their way back into your life. I think you then have to choose to Mm. do something about them. So I think, again, as Helen talked about at the start of the podcast, inevitably these podcasts are basically just about what we're doing at the moment. And we both, when we chatted about this idea, we both felt a sense of, oh yeah, we're both trying to do this right now. I think we've made some good progress that we both feel proud of. So we're like, okay, well, that's good to share because it's kind of worked well. And there are definitely still some gaps we've got as well. I think I just feel ready for it. There are times when I know that I sort of need to be relentless, you know, like January, putting a book out, putting a book out and, you know, all the things with COVID and you're like, this is the time to sort of be relentless. And then there are other times when you're like, this is the time to re-energise. And I feel like we're coming into summer a little bit and Sarah and I have been really conscious about what summer looks like for us so we can create a bit of space. And I just feel like mentally, physically, like ready to re-energise. I need it and I'm ready for it. So let's go through our different five ideas for action then. Talk about what it is, why it matters, and then sort of maybe bring it to life with a few examples for us. Partly because that makes it really intentional in my mind. It gets me excited. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to spend this time on. So number one is all about deliberate rest. And there's a quote from Socrates, who didn't we mention Socrates recently in a podcast too? I think we're... I'm very, feeling very philosophical at the moment, <laughs> Helen. But actually, this, these... is, this quote was from, we include it in UK you. So that's okay. why I put this in there. I think, we've, I think recently I feel like we're bringing a lot of stoicism. I think he's one of the stoics, isn't he, Socrates? But anyway, beware the barrenness of a busy life. And it's quite a powerful quote, I think, because we really put quite a focus on busyness. It's almost like it's a bit of a badge of honour, you know, how busy you are, how much you've got on all the time. But just because you're busy doesn't mean that work feels fulfilling. You can be doing a lot of things, but you might not be doing the things that are meaningful and that matter to you. And I think that idea of barrenness, like the idea that we're empty, that, we're, that we've got <laughs> our time bleak, is full. It? <laughs> it is bleak. Our time is full, but we are empty. Gosh, that's, that's, that's low. And this idea of deliberate rest is about, I think, bringing yourself back rather than being busy is sort of bring yourself back to a moment of meaning for you and it's the idea of focusing all of your attention and all of your energy on being 100% present on something outside of work and I kind of think about this as like a spectrum where on, on one end of the spectrum you've got 
sort of restlessness where you're doing a lot it's this busyness thing and then the other end of the spectrum you've got restful which is like being asleep and this is something in the middle this is something intentional it's something deliberate so there is some effort involved in doing this but it's something that consumes you so that all of that sort of busyness in your brain can just get switched off for a little while and that is so important for re-energizing ourselves and the person who's written probably the most about this is someone called Alex Sujon Kim Pang and he's been on our podcast and he's written a book called Rest and he says that deliberate rest helps you to recover from the stresses and exhaustion of the day allows new experiences and lessons to settle in your memory and gives your subconscious mind space to keep working which I think like settling space and new experiences oh that sounds like the dream that's the business case that's the dream yeah let's do that And for each of the areas we're going to talk about across the podcast, we will include a link to some good research and like a long read. So if you really want to dive into deliberate rest for each of them, we've sort of gone and found hopefully a bit of a go-to resource. And there's a really brilliant blog all about rescuing time and deliberate rest that I read prior to this podcast. So I'd recommend having a look at that if this is the one of the five that you think I need this in my life right now. And so three coach yourself questions for you before we talk about our examples. The first one, what does active rest look like for you? The second, how can you make active rest part of your working week? So often I think we can be a bit guilty of leaving all of our active rest to our weekends and being like, well, there's no time for that in our week, but your working week will be better if you can also have some active rest in there as well. And the final coach yourself question, how can you anticipate and prevent any barriers to active rest Because I don't think this is easy. It's easier to think at the end of a day, well, I'm going to sit and watch whatever I'm watching on Netflix right now. And it's easier for us to sort of just almost like completely, as as Helen said, be very, very restful. Most of us need some of that in our day. But deliberate rest, when you read about it, is actually often compared to deliberate practice. So, you know, this idea of like we keep coming back to something, we keep focusing on it, we want to keep getting better at it. So this won't just happen. There's a time commitment here. There's an energy commitment. And often it can feel really hard, I think, to get restarted because it's so much easier not to do these things, I think, than to do them. So my example of active rest is about six weeks ago, I rejoined a netball team for the first time in probably about six years. And the reason that that works so well for me is it's on a Tuesday night. So it's towards the start of the week. So actually that seems to work. There's people relying on me. So I have to turn up. And it's something I knew I enjoyed. So there wasn't the kind of the risk of will I enjoy this? But it takes all of my focus. It's only 40 minutes on a Tuesday evening with people I've never met before. And it's really, it's, it's relatively relaxed. It's quite close to where I live. But that, it's, it's so interesting how having not done that for a long time, how big a part of my week that has become. It feels a really important part of, I come back and I always come back on a Tuesday evening feeling re-energized, like almost like smiling. You know, you just feel like you've got a sort of smile in your face, even if I've lost the game, which does happen some of the time, annoying. (laughs) Even if I've lost, I still think, oh, I've been so in it and I've definitely completely forgotten about work because I'm definitely not fit enough to do anything other than like really focus on just running up and down the netball court. And I really like the fact actually I'm spending time with people who don't know me, don't know anything about the work that I do. No one's very interested in that. We're all interested in like what positions have we not got and who's going to play what. And it just feels like a a very different moment in my week. And it has reminded me, because I've played netball for years and then just stopped for the last six years, some of that due to having my little boy, but 
also some of it due to COVID, I think I would have restarted sooner. That has been a small difference in my week that has had a really big impact. And it's probably my only example of active rest. If we're thinking that active rest is this whole, you're sort of 100% in it. And I know for some people it can be computer games or cooking or gardening or painting or those kind of things, but I don't, I don't do any of those. So <laughs> it's my it's my one example at the moment, but I can see how having more than one example in a week would also be really good for me. I think as well, reading probably is for both of us, active rest. And it does, I know we, we read a lot for work, though I do find... I do find that so helpful because when I'm really immersed in, even if it's, I know this isn't with trying to think about, well, how do you re-energise yourself outside of work? But for me, just getting deeply into a topic, and I do love reading about our work things in my own time too, helps me just, like I'm not on my phone. I know you go on your, your Kindle, don't you? So you're kind of still connected to a device, but I'm like quite retro. I'll do it in a book with a highlighter and just the commitment to turning those pages and reading in it helps me to shut out everything else that's going on and I feel so good like I feel like a sense of achievement and the insight that you've gained from doing it so reading for me would go in there but my other one would be the one that you mentioned cooking and I love cooking because it is creative I love food I love bringing people together to eat food there's so much in that process for me that is energizing and I don't do it enough. And I can really see when work is getting in my way of that because I squeeze every other moment with something else and I'll just grab something quick out of the fridge and food becomes functional rather than this feeling of deliberate rest. And when I have the time to do it, I just it, ma- it makes me really happy. <laughs> it makes me really happy. So if you've not got some deliberate rest in your week, maybe think about what that looks like for you or perhaps if you have... Is it the right amount of frequency? Certainly, I think for both of us, we see that when we get this right, it makes a really big difference. Our idea for action two is to set yourself one goal outside of work to achieve before the end of the year. So we're recording this now in June. So that gives you about six, seven months. If you're listening at a different point in the year, just think a goal for the next six months. And it's one thing outside of work. I think this is the connection between things outside of work and in work. We're really trying to keep outside of work here, but to help you in your day job. And I found a really good quote from Tony Robbins on this, which is setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. And I was like, oh, that's when I then started to think about this, I was like, I think that's how goals are really helpful. And again, there's a really good article from Positive Psychology all about goals in terms of how they give us focus, they hold us accountable, they improve our ability to prioritise. And what's interesting is just by having a goal, we increase our energy and then we put more effort in and then you're much more likely to achieve the goal. So there's sort of a positive self-fulfilling prophecy, albeit we do know with goals, it's worth doing the, well, what's the goal and also what's the obstacle at the same time? Because I've we've seen that when we've talked about this before, we don't just want a goal that sort of sits slightly randomly, that you have no sense of how am I ever going to get there or what might get in my way. So we do want to kind of think of some of those things. But I think just having that one goal that's like a personal goal could be could be a really helpful motivator to just start to make some positive progress on something new or something different. And so a couple of coach yourself questions then for you to think this through. What would you like to get better at? What would you like to try for the first time? Who could help you to achieve that goal? 
So quite a lot of those, I think, are around learning. Uh, mine actually isn't around learning. When I think about my goal, my, I was thinking, what's one goal that I really want to achieve that has nothing to do with work? I want to re-love where I live, which I appreciate is really big. And the reason why <laughs> is I feel like over the last couple of years of the pandemic, we haven't had like, well, I live in a really old house, like 400 odd years old. It has all kinds of issues. I mean, it's got bags of character and bags of issues <laughs> because it's an old house. And for the last two years, due to pandemic and like work or kinds of things, I haven't given the house the love that it needs. And now it's like really in need of it. But we've got like plans in place. We're going to redo our garage, which has an asbestos roof. I told you there was problems in our house. And I feel there are plans in place. And if by the end of the year, I could sort of re-love where I live, I feel like my home, it would be less a functional place and more a place that I feel really, really happy in. Whereas most of the time now I'm like, oh, that still needs sorting or oh, that still needs doing. So it feels like, if I can give that some time and attention, it would have a really positive impact, actually, like on, on lots of different things. If I could really love where I lived. So mine, this is where this process has been helpful slash I was really reluctant to say this out loud because I this is something that scares me. So I think that's also an interesting thing with goals. Like you could pick something that scares you. So my goal before the end of the year is I want to try cold water swimming and snorkeling in the UK. I'll do it with you. Oh, yeah, you do do. You you actually, we stayed somewhere and you did go and swim in the lake, didn't you? I yeah, couldn't believe it. Yeah, in my bra and my pants because I hadn't yeah. taken a swimsuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being really bemused by that and being like, what was she doing? But, yeah, you were fine. Two people, actually, have been on the podcast previously, Christine Armstrong and Viv Groskop, who both have sort of tried it and loved it, like really taken to cold water swimming. And, so, and I know it has lots of benefits for things like mental health, I think it's meant to be good for you. So... I see that and I recognise that. Oh my that. gosh, can I take this challenge on? Sarah and yeah. I are going away for a night together. When are we doing that? Am I organised? August, 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 a good time. Okay, right. I'm taking it on. I'm going okay. to help you with this. Oh, so, yeah. And I think it's the snorkelling bit that keeps me, that gets me interested because I'm interested in like, I mean, we don't have the most colourful fish and coral in the UK coast but I would be interested to like see all the seaweed and the crabs and the fish and stuff so I think I want that that's the outcome that I want I just need to get over the sort of maybe some of the fears of like and the hassle factor and maybe mental barriers I've got in my mind but that is my goal before the end of the year. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby. It's me Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So idea for action number three is to spend time with some new radiators. So these are people who are likely to re-energize you outside of the day jobs. And there's a really nice quote from Margaret Heffernan, which says, you need to build relationships beyond the ones that we need right now. I think so often, because we are so busy, to use that word again, we spend a lot of time with people doing the job that we do today. And it's this idea of making space for some other people in your life. And actually, the more sort of different some of those people are that we make space for, the better it can be for us in all all kinds of ways. So Bathy Syed, author of Rebel Ideas, talks about this idea of cognitive diversity. So when you're you know, mixing with different people, you're spending time in different places, you get more creative insights and ideas, and that leads to better performance. So there is a sort of, you know, a business work benefit to you doing this outside of work. And the other thing that we tend to do is we spend time with people that already know us quite well. And that isn't always great for new opportunities. So it's brilliant for support. Like me and Sarah spending time with each other is like the most support that I could ever wish for in my work. But actually, if I want to spend time in a new world or generate new ideas or possibilities for my career, actually, our worlds aren't that dissimilar. And it's when you get outside of your world and you build relationships with new people, what's called a weak tie, that you can open up more opportunities. So three coach yourself questions to ask here. What would you like to learn more about? Second one, what communities already exist that could help you to do that? And third one, what could you say yes to that you might normally deprioritize? The reason I started the Coach Self Questions here with learning, if you're an introvert like me, and maybe Helen will have a different point of view on this, but if you just said to me, you need to spend time with some new radiators, I think I'd find that difficult to know where to start. You know, the kind of, I don't know what I don't know would be too big a barrier for me. Whereas what has really helped me on this one, because this is one I've made some very kind of active progress on in the last couple of months, is thinking, well, I would really like to learn more and spend more time with people who run their own kind of fast growing companies. So maybe not people who are in big FTSE 100 or big PLC companies and people probably who've been doing that for a bit longer than Helen and I have. So who just have interesting insights and perspectives and not sort of in our world, so not necessarily in career development or in learning or people who do podcasts but just people who maybe are quite entrepreneurial so I found that a really helpful starting point to then answer the coach self questions two and three so what communities already exist and then what might I say yes to so I've got three things that I've been doing two kind of bigger things I've got coming up and one thing I've just started to make part of my months the two bigger things are I'm going to Wales in a couple of weeks time to something called the Do Lectures, which I have been trying to go to for a couple of years, but because of COVID, um, I've been waiting. So that's a happy coincidence. And Do Lectures is about 100 people 
in a field, I think it is, for a couple of days. But all people, I think, who will be really interesting radiators, new people. I think I might know one person there. So quite scary for an introvert, but I think there'll be some... There's a shared sense of if you're going to go to do lectures and you like the work that like David Hyatt and the team do, I suspect there's, you know, everyone loves to learn and they're just really interested in curious people. So I'm, I'm actually, though I am nervous, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm also going to something in September called the Happy Startup School, which is run in the south of the UK. And again, it's something you can go to for a day or a couple of days just to learn about some of those people have started up lots of businesses. Some people are at the start. So again, just hanging out, spending time with some new people. So they're quite immersive things. And then the other thing I've been doing a lot more of in the past couple of months are curiosity coffees. So where I've had people introduce me to other people, just usually on a Friday, I find Fridays are quite a good day for them, for me, just spending half an hour with someone new. And even last week, I had a conversation with someone where we both sort of turned up and we were like, we're not really sure who each other are or what we're talking about but we've been introduced by someone and we had a really brilliant conversation just learning about each other it was really you know the kind of the getting a window into each other's world so I described a bit about what we do amazing if and she described a bit about her company and actually she's run a few companies we asked each other some questions we found some common ground and connections some things we do really differently and it was just fascinating and you know that point about energy re-energizing I came away from that conversation re-energized. So whether it is those sort of small moments of like a curiosity coffee where you're you're spending time with a new radiator or whether they're more sort of immersive moments to re-energize, I think, again, these things don't happen unless you choose to make them happen because so often they just, they're not part of your day job and they'll never be a task on your to-do list. But every time I've done one of those curiosities, I just come away going, oh, I feel great. I feel really inspired or interested or intrigued well I have one I know this is about new radiators but I already do this thing but there are always new radiators in the community so I'm part of this community called Cabal which meets every month and different people go every month to this event and it's always there's always food so I'm always happy on that front but there's always you always sit next to someone new and it's like one of the most energizing things that I do in a month because I meet people that I don't work with I have fun conversations with food and I like it's always worth me fitting it in and sometimes it is hard to fit in because I'll be like oh where do I need to be to get there and how do I get from there to here like I have to have those sort of considerations but it is always worth the effort because I always come away more energized so that for me is like an absolute keeper the other thing that I would like to do that these questions made me think more about is Art and poetry, maybe not both, because I'm just kind of trying to be realistic with time. But I do really, like, I really love poetry. And I do that as quite, I read it as quite an sort of individual endeavour. But I wonder whether there are some fun communities. And probably probably would need to be fun for me. There would would need to be, like, you know, there's got to be an element of fun involved in it somewhere. But, like, some fun communities where people connect and talk about poetry and they sort of learn together and no one's too expert. (laughs) You know, like, everyone's, like, more of an interpretation. Same thing with art, really. Like, I really, I really love looking about and talking and thinking about art, but it isn't something... I mean, I mainly do it with my children, which I do find brilliant because... They have such an interesting perspective on what they see. But could I find a community of people who, again, aren't too expert? It's not too academic, for example, but it's more about interpretation and artistic styles and and a conversation with people who are curious. I feel like if I could make a bit of space for that, I'd really I'd really enjoy it. 
So our fourth idea for action is all about volunteering, helping someone or a cause or a local community outside of your day job. There's a great quote from Audrey Hepburn, which says that as you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. And there is a lot of research in that point around the benefit of helping others, which is that you actually get a helper's high. So it's, you know, your brain feels better when you help other people. It feels rewarding. You feel valuable. You feel useful. And it's also really good for building new connections because perhaps you'll be helping people that you wouldn't do ordinarily when you make this really intentional. Who could I help and how can I help? And it's shown to offset loneliness as well because you get that connection that meaning from what you're doing so there's there are so many benefits to be had from volunteering and when you read about the research behind volunteering and again we'll include the article if you'd like to because actually some very good scientific data that connects volunteering with why it is so good for you because it's not only good for your mental health if you're sort of feeling okay and like feeling good I would say at the moment Helen and I are feeling good it helps you to feel even better so you sort of get this boost but actually if you're not feeling great it also helps you. So you might be thinking, oh, I don't, I'm not feeling brilliant at the moment. Then volunteering really is really useful. But also if you're feeling brilliant, you'll just feel even more brilliant. And so there's lots of evidence just about why this is so important. And you live longer. If you really want to kind of dive into some of the overall well-being things to do with volunteers, they've done some really significant studies with lots of people and people who keep helping other people throughout their lives, probably because I guess you have a more positive mindset and attitude and you're out just helping other people you're getting that warm glow that help us high that Helen described so three coach self questions for you one what causes are you personally passionate about two what skills and strengths have you got that could be useful for other people and three what positive difference would you like to feel proud of by the end of this year so this was one for me where I haven't really got an answer I recognize and I already knew that this is really good for you. But I don't really feel like I positively volunteer at the moment. And I think volunteering can just be helping one person. You know, sometimes I think you go volunteering equals charity. Now, of course it can. And that's a brilliant thing if that's what you already do or if that's what you'd like to do. But I think you can volunteer to help an individual or the local community in some way. There was one thing that I spotted over the weekend that I thought, oh, maybe I could volunteer my time for that. I think it might be slightly cheating because it perhaps feels still too connected to what we do in our day job. So I'm not sure this is actually the answer. But I spotted that in London, they're doing something called a careers festival, but particularly for people who are sort of, basically you're still still in education. So for like either young kids, or I think quite a lot of like 14 to 16 and then 16 to 18 year olds. And it's all free. And the point is, it's just like helping people with some of the skills that they might need for the future, helping people just think about like what their careers might look like. And I thought, okay, well, they probably, it all looked, I think, I was starting to look at it, looked like it was all not-for-profit, maybe um, what's called a community interest partnership. So I was like, okay, well, I could volunteer my time for that. Maybe I could turn up, maybe I could record something, maybe there's some tools that we've already got that could be useful. So I think that's a start. I actually don't think that's quite right because I think, as I said, I think it's still too close to like we spend our days in careers and it would sort of make sense for us to probably do that. So I feel like it's sort of on the periphery of what we are trying to talk about here. But for me, this is a to-do. This is a gap that I've got and something that I have done, and I've talked about it before, I've done this much, much more in the past than I do today. And I do really miss this being kind of part of my life because I've I suppose I felt those positive benefits that we've just described firsthand and for loads of reasons and we can't 
do all things all of the time. This just sort of isn't actively there for me at the moment. What about for you, Helen? So I think I've done the same thing as you, which is probably a bit of a career cop-outy one, is in that the thing that is a bit too close to work. So I've been thinking, I've not mentioned this to you yet, I've been thinking about like future trustee stuff that I want to do. So I currently am a trustee for working families and I've been thinking that, you know, those things tend to have a tenure and I've been thinking, what would I do if I wasn't being a trustee for working families? And there's an organisation that I'm really passionate about because it connects quite a lot of things I'm passionate about, which is SmartWorks. So the charity that helps put people into, you know, give them the confidence basically to go for interviews by giving them some coaching and clothes that they might not have access to. So they feel really good when they're representing themselves. And I really like what that charity does. I like fashion. I like, we've had Kate on the podcast. Yeah, we've had Kate on the podcast. I like the business. You know, there's, there's, there's loads of good stuff. And I thought, oh, actually, that could be over the next couple of years, a trusteeship I'd like to work towards. And this in thinking about this, it made me think, oh, I wonder what I could volunteer for them for now. Like, what? how mm-hmm. could I get involved and support them earlier so that I am closer to that charity and so that I get to spend time, you know, helping people and in a way that I love anyway. And it's quite connected to some of the things I do. But then I was like, oh, Sarah, it's a cop-out. It's exactly what you said. I should do that. But that's maybe too close to my current world. So then I thought, maybe... The food thing, I wonder whether there's something I could volunteer for with that's connected to my love of food, but gives me the ha- chance to help other people, you know, like food banks or helping people. There's obviously a lot of, you know, food poverty at the moment. And is there anything that I could do? Is there anything that I could get involved in that could help in that area? And then that might give me a way to connect my kind of passion for food, but in a way that could also help people too. Something to explore. And often I think if you are listening to this and you've got gaps across any of these five, which inevitably I would imagine most of us have at least a couple of gaps here, if all this does is make you start to look out for those opportunities, suddenly I think almost like even from having these conversations, you then start to look for those things in a good way. You get drawn towards, you kind of create a pull for those things that feel relevant because you suddenly have thought, oh, I would like to do that. And that's what it could look like. And then suddenly things just sort of seem to come your way. But I think that's because then you're consciously looking for them. Well, also, I think if you talk to other people about it, like me talking to you about it, next time you, you know, you had a conversation with someone, you're like, oh, Helen, that links with what you said. And people start to spot this for you. So it's a good thing to talk about in teams, I think, because it helps, you know, you get to be able to help each other through it. So our final idea for action is to read, watch or listen to three things that wouldn't normally make it onto your playlist. So this is not about doing more of these things. It's about reading, watching, listening to different things. Could be all reading, if that's particularly what you want to do, or you might be mixing it up. So you can kind of make your playlist, design your development in a way that works for you. But it's got to be things that you wouldn't normally spend time with. Great quote from Ken Robinson here. Curiosity is the engine of achievement. And the business case for curiosity is very easy to find. So there's a great HBR article that we'll link to. It makes us more adaptable. You view tough situations more creatively. And it reduces our confirmation bias. I found this one particularly interesting. So when we spend more time sort of learning from different places, spaces, kind of widen and broaden our horizons, it improves our decision making. You know, because I guess if you get stuck in, it avoids more the echo chamber trap of like, oh, thinking in the same way, doing things in the same way. It encourages you to engage, I guess, with different perspectives and points of view. And so therefore, rather than always doing the same things you've it encourages you to step back and just to think differently and look at different options so there's lots you can read about why this would be a good thing to do but not that easy I don't think to do but um we'll come on to that so a couple of coach yourself questions and to think this through 
Who could you ask for recommendations who has different interests to you? When will you read, watch or listen to your new playlists? And who could you learn along with? So our idea to make this happen is in August, we're going to do some slightly different podcasts and you are all very welcome to learn along with us. What we've done is we've picked four different topics, which we're sort of describing at the moment as the ecosystem that we think helps to support your squiggly careers. So this is sort of zooming out away from day-to-day work into four like much bigger areas that we are not expert in, which is already making me a bit uncomfortable. I've already <laughs> said to Helen, I'm not, I'm not sure about talking about some of these, but we're, we're going to give it a go. So we are going to look at sleep, health, relationships and money. So we've sort of picked those four topics and we are both going to read a book, a different book each, probably a book that neither of us would normally read. And we're going to then use the. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Podcast to come together to talk about what we've both read, what we've learned, what made sense to us, what didn't. And for us, I think that is, we've talked about before, that it's helpful to have a bit of a forcing function, I think, to do this, because this is, you're trying to break away from the mould of what you would normally do. And I think if you can create a reason to do that, or some accountability for doing that, it just makes it much more likely to happen. If you're being realistic, would I read the four books I'm going to read prior to those August podcasts if we weren't doing them? No. Because I would just think, oh, I've got some other things I fancy doing that would already be the things that I would, that would be on my normal playlist. So suddenly, by us almost kind of creating this idea, it means that I've got a new playlist. And actually, ours are all reads. So we're, we're both going to do four books each. Does that then mean it probably might prompt me to think, oh, maybe I'll listen to that podcast on sleep or those? It probably will. But we've been quite focused to get us started. And also, I think more generally, I do have a couple of people who are definitely on my who list in terms of asking for recommendations, who I know read, watch and listen to things that I would just never discover otherwise. So like my sister is very good for this. I'm very fortunate to have a sister who, very curious, bought me a magazine on Friday that I think... And she's highlighted a little paragraph in it that sort of describes so almost squiggly that I will share with everyone because it is brilliant. I will share it on Instagram. But again, she she spends time in different worlds to me. And so I also sort of take her recommendations very seriously because I just know, oh, that'll be a new playlist for me. That's not something that I'm going to discover otherwise. I feel as well that just like, for example, our August idea has sort of liberated my learning a little bit. Like yeah. it's a real forcing function to look outside of the stuff that you would normally spend time 
you know, reading, watching or listening to and giving it like an intention. So again, maybe doing this as a team, we are working with an organisation at the moment on a summer learning challenge where they're setting them some themes at the start of this particular month. And by the end of the month, they've all got to share like some sort of digestible learning for everyone else's development. And I think you could do something similar, like you could take, you know, like sleep, money, the sort of themes that we're looking at, or it could be something else. But it, it's a forcing function for you to look outside of your normal world of learning. And I'm, I'm really excited by it. I can't wait. My husband's like, what are all these random books that you've been buying? Oh, yeah. I'm like, you wait. There's some great yeah. insights My in here. My did say that. He was like, you sure you need new books? I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's for work. It's for work. So let me just summarise those five ways to re-energise yourself, to re-energise your work. So you've sort of got them all neatly, because I appreciate we've kind of talked around them, clearly for ourselves, for the, for the last half an hour or so. So number one, deliberate rest. Number two, set yourself one goal outside of work. Number three, spend time with some new radiators. Number four, find opportunities to volunteer. And number five, read, watch or listen to three things that wouldn't normally make it onto your playlist. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you find it helpful and you've taken away lots of different ideas for action. We'd love to know what you do or if you've got any feedback or suggestions for us on our ideas as well. Uh, just get in touch with us either via Instagram where we're at Amazing If or just email us Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we'll be back with you next week for another Squiggly Careers episode. Bye everyone. Bye everybody. Bye everybody.